Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you've joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby at KC Ottawa and or visit SeanGaby.com or KingdomCulture.ca for more engaging content around topics that we will be discussing. As well, we'd love it if you leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. Sometimes what you will be hearing will be live in front of an audience and sometimes more personal here in the studio. We will be releasing a Supernatural Leadership teaching the first Wednesday of every month, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are many great leadership podcasts out there, and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why Supernatural Leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle. Often we are led by one or the other, but what if we can combine the two? where presence is the lead and principle is simply the associate. Principles can only take us so far, but when it comes to being led by the spirit, principles don't always work. It's so easy to turn principles into methods and Jesus did not lead this way. It was not by principle that Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead and cast out demons. It was by presence. Jesus did of course operate in principle. In fact, he lived by it but only as an overflow of being under the influence of the presence. John 5.19 quotes Jesus saying, I only do what I see my Father doing. The doing came from a place of being connected to the presence of the Father. The challenge is discerning what both of them actively look like in our lives. In this podcast, we will be exploring just that, along with activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in various areas of our spiritual life. Come along the journey with us. We will be talking about supernatural things in a relevant way, learning how to apply supernatural taboo topics of the kingdom to our lives. His presence changes everything. Why not let it change the way we lead as well? We are not saying by any means we are supposed to throw out the principles of leadership but to make sure the presence behind the principle remains front and center. When we get better, so does the world around us. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here. Welcome again to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. So thankful that you're joining us and I pray and hope that today's teaching would challenge you, would impact you to become a better leader in all areas of your life. In today's episode, we will be continuing in a two-part teaching called Developing Awareness. Awareness of what? If you haven't checked out the first episode, part one, you'd be wondering, what am I talking about? What I'm talking about is the presence of God. What does this have to do with supernatural leadership? I believe absolutely everything. An awareness of his presence does many things for us, as we have already discussed in part one, which I would encourage you to listen to if you haven't already. It's a good base and foundation for what we're talking about today in part two of developing awareness. Just to recap a little bit last month in part one, we focused on what it looks like to develop an awareness of his presence, of God's presence for ourselves personally, and then changing our perspective. A personal favorite quote from part one was, if God seems far off, it's almost always because our understanding of God is far off. Let me say that again. If God seems far off, it's almost always because our understanding of God is far off. Such a true statement and really 
uh, encapsulates the entirety of the focus of part one of developing awareness. But today, for part two, we will be talking about an awareness of his presence when it comes to ministering to others. I'm talking about taking a nosedive into learning how to walk in the spirit when it comes to ministering to an individual. Now, ultimately, we want everyone we come into contact with to encounter the reality of God in their lives. And so this episode, hopefully, God willing, will help you take the next step into this reality. These truths definitely apply to many other areas of our lives, even when it comes to dealing with specific situations and circumstances. Now, I'm quite aware that uh, many that are listening are coming from all different spiritual backgrounds. Here's the thing. Most likely, you are listening to this podcast because you are bored with just leading from the principles of leadership and you want the presence of leadership to begin to drive your leadership. If you want more on what I mean by that, dive into our first ever episode of the Supernatural Leadership Podcast and I know it will explain that a little more for you. But what we're really diving into today today is Developing Awareness Part 2. And just to to start this off, I want to open it up with a little bit of a a conversation that I had with a ministry friend I had, or a ministry friend of mine that I had um, a conversation with the other day. We were both talking about what our ministry looks like when we travel abroad and minister with other ministries at other churches, organizations, or business groups. And I was sharing how when I bring someone in as a guest speaker or a guest minister in specifically into my church to speak, I hope and expect that they will do what I do when I travel probably 95% of the time. And so we were talking about what we do and, and kind of what we expect when we bring others in. And I was saying kind of what I do. This is what I do. Now, obviously, everybody's different and I, I can't expect realistically everybody to be like me. That's not really what I'm trying to say. But I do kind of expect um, some similarities. When I travel and I speak, um, maybe it's a church or organization, business group or whatever, um, the couple things that I, that I always do and, and the things that I'm going to talk about right now uh, really apply, I would say, a little bit more towards churches and ministries, but really can be applied on all levels. And if I, I've actually applied it on all levels. I just express it differently. So um, number one, when I travel, I always, first and foremost, bring a word that I feel Holy Spirit is compelling me to bring that would be most beneficial for the place and the people I'm ministering to. Second, I pray and ask uh, for a word for the leaders of that place. Often the senior leadership uh, of the, the organization, the church, the ministry, to specifically encourage them and to speak into their lives, strengthen them along their journey. Thirdly, I pray and ask for a word for the whole community that I'm speaking to, to encourage everyone. And uh, that might be something connected to the life or the future, the destiny of the organization itself. I'm not talking about, you know, an encouraging message. I'm talking about more of a prophetic, more specific, potent, strategic word that the community can connect to as to what they are a part of moving forward. And then fourth, I usually pray and ask God um, how I can administrate the ministry so to speak, to the people, whether it's one-on-one, corporately, 
or whatever have you. This often involves stewarding the various gifts of the spirit that I would normally operate in. Now, if the leaders who bring me in want none of that, and it's for other intended purposes, short workshops, seminar, business setting, etc., of course, um, I adjust, and in the end, I'm there to serve. So I, I do adjust the expression or how I do what I do. But the former is more of how I would operate if I'm given the freedom, of course, to do so. These four things mentioned previously that I just went through can be applied to really any organization, business, church, or event that you are speaking at. If you are a leader, you are a communicator, and you are out there and you're given opportunity to be in different environments, I believe that you can apply all these four things to the way that you go about how you invest in the culture that you're in. It just may be expressed differently according to the crowd. Obviously, you need to know your crowd. One of the first um, and most important elements of being a good communicator is to know your crowd. Who are you talking to? Uh, who are the people? What are the age? What's the stage? Where are they at? What are they? You know, wh where are their belief systems at? It's good to know because then you can actually bring whatever you're bringing and it'd be really beneficial and strategic to help them go to the next level. Now, ministering to people is really what we are talking about here and how developing an awareness of the presence of God applies to that. Whether you, you are speaking a message, communicating to a small group, presenting something, or just talking to someone on the street, don't just stop there and, and you know, being a good communicator, you know, sharing your story. That's all good. Be open to how God may want to use you and go a little further. Once again, this is a supernatural leadership podcast. When we're in any environment that we're in, we're called to lead supernaturally. So we don't just lead by principle. You know, great leaders, you know, lead by great principles. But even greater leaders lead by great presence. And so, you know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, that he doesn't come with just words, but he comes with power. You know, more specifically, he actually says the kingdom is not in word, but in power. So you can come with all the eloquence and all the, the memorized speech you want, but if you really want to leave spiritual and eternal impact on the people that are listening to you, you got to come with some form or some level of demonstrative power. And it's not your power, it's his power. It's heaven through you. That's what we are called to administrate on the earth, is we are simply ambassadors and really administrators of heaven. So, you know, I posted something on social media the other, the other day regarding ministry and specifically our, you know, ministry to people. And I was talking about really not focusing so much on just the message at the expense of the ministry to the people. It's one thing to get a message. It's a whole other thing to know how to administrate or administer that message in a format of ministry to an individual or corporate body. This is what we're talking about today. How do we take, um, you know, the message and then release uh, the application through the supernatural by developing an awareness of the presence of God to the people for maximum impact? So the essence of this teaching really centers around years of me doing this in various settings with organizations, churches, mission bases, ministry schools, conferences, and even businesses. And so we're going to be diving into this in a few moments here, and I'm gonna give you some good takeaways to take home with you. In fact, I would encourage you, if you want to learn more about this topic and go even deeper into a lifestyle or living a lifestyle of the supernatural, I would encourage you to get a copy of my book um, published with Destiny Image, actually just over seven years ago now. It's crazy to think it's been seven years, but 
It's called Secrets of the Supernatural Life, your gateway to supernatural experiences. And you can buy it on Amazon, you can buy it on iTunes digitally, you can really buy the digital book, um, but you can buy it really wherever books are sold. Um, you can order it online. I would encourage you to check it out. Just Google my name, Google Secrets of the Supernatural Life, and you will find it. So here are some takeaways we're gonna dive into, and I wanna give you four keys today to look for in developing an awareness of the moving of God's presence in your life as it pertains to ministering to people around your life and vocation. Once again, this literally, I want you guys all to know this, this literally applies to every area of life, wherever you are. Not just, although maybe I am leaning towards speaking more towards leaders who communicate, this actually applies to anyone and everyone in their everyday life. Um, it's just going to be expressed differently and it's going to look a little different, but I'll help guide you through how that looks a little bit later. So first, let me read Matthew 9, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And I love how the Passion Translation, uh, how it reads in the Passion Translation. It says this, speaking of Jesus, when he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus's heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd. So first key to look for in developing an awareness of the moving of God's presence in your life as it pertains to ministering to people around your life and vocation is number one, the compassion that compels you. Just like Jesus, he was moved. Actually, the word, if you study it a little bit deeper, the word is he was moved um, on, on the inside of his innermost bowels and in the innermost part of who he was. He was moved deeply. He was compelled. He was pulled uh, to these people, the crowds of people that seemed weary and tired and helpless. They seemed like they were wandering blind, you know, as sheep without a shepherd. And so as the great shepherd himself, um, as the great leader himself, great high priest that he was, he, he was driven from that place of compassion. And so whether you're on the street in the church, in the business setting, wherever you are, pay attention to that inner working of compassion. Often you'll feel it in your gut. You just feel like compelled. You feel drawn to this individual. You feel drawn to this situation. You feel drawn to this group of people over in the corner, you know, in a, in a public setting and you just feel compassion for them. That's one of the ways that God will use to speak to us, to get our attention. It's one of the ways that we actually feel an awareness of the presence of God because God is compassionate. Jesus is compassionate. So when we feel and lean into that compassion, it's one of the ways that our awareness develops to a place where we start to be aware of how God may be trying to communicate to us so that we can minister effectively in a specific situation. Um, so if you want to grow in your awareness of God, uh, follow that compassion. He's compelling you to live out. Um, I, I was thinking about a story because, I mean, I have hundreds of stories that connect to this. And more specifically, when it comes to compassion and that compelling, I remember I was leading an outreach um, as, uh, you know, we used to do all the time and uh, on the weekend. And we had a group of, I don't know, maybe at this at this stage, um, about 30 or 40 people that were leading pretty much weekly, but this specific outreach was actually sort of training uh, because we were bringing a team on 
uh, a missions trip abroad. And so I was in charge of leading these teams and because I was bringing a team on this trip. And I felt like God had said to me originally, um, you know, take this group out, give them some opportunity, give them some experience, show them what outreach looks like, like show them how to be bold, show them, you know, model it for them. Jesus didn't just teach it, he modeled it, he demonstrated it. So the disciples saw, um, you know, the, the, the model, the demonstration of Jesus as a great leader. So I was leading this team and uh, I felt from, from God that day, I was praying, where do you want us to go? And I felt like God said, I want you to go bowling. In fact, I actually saw in a vision as I was praying, and we'll talk more about this type of thing throughout this podcast, visions, dreams, how to interpret this stuff. Uh, I had this vision of a 10-pin bowling alley, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you need to go 10-pin bowl. I didn't even actually know. This was in Ottawa. At that time, I didn't even know there was a 10-pin bowling alley. I knew there was five-pin bowling alleys. I had never been in my own city to a 10-pin bowling alley. So I said, okay, God, this is really you. I believed it was him. I said, you got to help me find it. So I opened the phone book. Crazy thing is, I opened the phone book, just randomly opened it. Didn't open it to a specific page. And I just opened it the first page that I opened the phone book to. My eye literally caught the only 10-pin bowling alley in all of my city. Literally, I opened the phone book to the only 10-pin bowling alley. Crazy. And so I knew this was God. So I brought the team bowling. They all, they all thought to me, I thought this was like a, you know, an outreach. What are we doing? I'm like, well, this is how we, this is how we reach out. It's in everyday life while we're having fun. That's how Jesus taught his disciples. He taught them as they walked, as they did stuff, as they had fun. It was an everyday life. And so we were bowling. And I was paying attention, God, you gotta, you gotta speak to me, like, why are we here? And there was this woman, this young, young woman to the left of me in another bowling lane bowling. And I could start to feel this compassion on the inside of me, compel me, pull me towards this individual. And so I'm like, okay, I, I really believed that, you know, I, I was uh, in this moment, and let me just to give you language, I was aware of the presence of God for this situation, but specifically in the context of uh, how it pertains to me ministering or about to minister to this young woman. So I went over, God gave me this <clears throat> word for her and uh, she was obviously shocked, thrown back as most people are when you're in an environment like this and this kind of thing happens. And uh, as I begin to prophesy over her, the power of God literally hit her in this bowling alley, ended up praying for her. She literally began to shake. Now, um, you know, when moments like this happen in uh, public, uh, it, it, it's so special because often people think and see, you know, God shows up only in the church or God shows up only in a prayer meeting, you know, in a house hidden in, you know, Timbuktu, you know, where nobody is. But when God shows up in public, which is, by the way, supposed to be happening all the time, it should be normal, but it's not. And so it's, it draws a lot of attention. This woman, this young woman started to shake and she was freaking out. She was like, what's happening to me? I, I don't understand what's going on. How do you know these things about my life? And she could feel the electricity of God, like literally coursing through her body. And she began to shake. She began to shake. Long story short, um, just for time's sake, we ended up, I ended up praying for her. Ended up, she, having, she ended up having an encounter with Jesus, gave her life to Jesus. And the whole team that I was leading at the time, witnessed this moment, powerful moment, powerful moment. And I say all this to say is that this is an example of when compassion compels you. I let 
the compassion sort of enlighten me in that moment or create an awareness in me of what God wanted to do next. And that's why it's so important that we um, develop this uh, compassion within us. Another situation um, that happened recently, I was actually speaking in a, a plastic, a facial plastic surgery clinic, one of the top clinics in Canada. And I was speaking at this a clinic for their staff and I was invited in to invest in their staff for a staff night and um, <clears throat> and they wanted me to actually prophesy over all the staff. Now all these staff, most of them, 95% of them didn't believe in God, had no context for God, no context for what we do and, and so we had this opportunity to invest in them. This was actually in the clinic and um, I, I after I shared about 15 minutes, my wife and I, we kind of tag teamed it, we shared a little bit of who we were um, I, I let compassion start it off. And so I was drawn to this one woman that was in there to prophesy over her first. So we shared for 15 minutes and then we ended up literally prophesying over every staff member for about two and a half hours straight. But the reason why I shared this, this one woman scenario is because I let compassion open up the ministry time. And because I, I went with the compelling compassion within me, I was drawn to this one woman. I felt broken for her. I felt a heart for her. We ended up speaking to her and praying for her and she just began to bawl her eyes out. And as a result, it opened up the whole atmosphere for everybody else. There wasn't a dry eye in the entire clinic. Uh, we ended up literally prophesying for two and a half hours straight, uh, preached the gospel. It was a crazy, crazy moment. But um, I can say this because whenever I've let compassion lead me and not, you know, trying to get a testimony, trying to get a story, let's let the compassion of Jesus lead me. It always opens up the atmosphere for God to do incredible things. So that's number one. Number one is let the compassion, look for the compassion that compels you. Um, let's, let's move on to the, the next, the number two. Let's go to Luke chapter eight, verse 46. Jesus, in context, is in a crowd. There's a woman, 12 years, she's been sick, hemorrhaging, um, not been able to get better. And she knows that if she can just touch Jesus, uh, she'll be healed. And so in Luke 8, verse 46, um, or Luke chapter 8, it's a few verses before verse 46, uh, this woman rushes through the crowd, pushes her way through the crowd, grabs a hold of Jesus, and Jesus literally feels a release of something come through his body into somebody else. It says in verse 46 of chapter eight, he says, I felt something. I felt power going out from me. I know that now somebody has touched me. And so the disciples look at Jesus and were like, man, bro, like everyone's touching you. No, and Jesus is like, no guys, somebody touched me differently than everybody else. People are rubbing up against me, sure. Somebody pulled from the virtue on the inside of me. And I felt the release. And so I know somebody's healed in this environment because I felt the release. So number two, second thing to look for in developing an awareness as it pertains to ministering to people is when you feel the release. Jesus felt the release, pull, something pulling from the, the healing virtue on the inside of him. He knew something took place. Just kind of like when Jesus said on the cross, some of his last words on the cross, and you can read it, is is the, the famous words, it is finished. There was a release. Some, it's been done. I feel something has happened. I'm aware that something has come to a completion, to a conclusion. 
This is what happened uh, for Jesus in this moment. Uh, and how does this apply in every setting? You may be wondering, well, I believe it does. It just may be expressed differently. You may be in a room communicating to business leaders, to uh, you know, to uh, you know, humanitarian leaders. You may be at a missions base. You may be at a church, and you just feel like, man, I whatever I just did, whatever I just said, I felt something come from me. I felt a release. You you, you can trust that in that moment, you're a, you can become aware of the presence of God. He's 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 done something. He's concluded something, and so you can come to that conclusion in your own heart that hey, I've. I have accomplished what I needed to accomplish in this moment. And often I, I, I feel this for different people. I remember there was a woman that came in uh, years ago into a meeting that I was speaking at and she came in. It was her first time ever. She didn't believe in Jesus. She was an older woman. Um, she, they were, uh, the doctors had said to her or the surgeon had said to her, we're going to have to amputate your big toe. Um, she had a severe case of cellulitis in her big toe and her whole, uh, the, her whole foot had sw- swollen up, it was swollen up and uh, in pain, couldn't walk on her toe. She came in with like bandages and bandages and it actually stunk. It was actually that bad. And she came in and she ended up in the meeting giving her life to Jesus. So, you know, we preached the gospel, shared the message of Jesus and she ended up opening her heart for the first time in her life to Jesus, came to the front, asked for prayer. And so we prayed and uh, we unwrapped the gauze. It was like a gauze sort of bandage. We unwrapped the gauze and it stunk. It was really bad. It was really infected and it was very disgusting actually. And we unwrapped it, put our hands on the area, prayed. And in the moment, didn't see anything happen. She did feel something. I was confident something was gonna happen because I could feel a release. I could feel, I've developed an awareness enough to know, okay, I feel like something's just happened. Maybe you don't feel it yet, but I know God is doing something. That night, got the report that uh, all the water completely drained out of that area of her foot and out of her toe. The infection left her body. Within one week, she revisited the surgeon and the surgeon said, I don't know what happened, but it seems to, to, to look like all the infection's gone. It seems to look like all the water's drained out. I don't know what happened. It was like there was a hole, some sort of hole that was created to drain everything out and uh, and and you, you're healed, like you're healed. Like the doctor was blown away. No surgery was needed. This woman was totally transformed. And so I'm aware when the release happens, pay attention because sometimes we pray, we pray, we pray. And because we don't see it in the natural, we keep praying and that's good. Don't stop praying. But sometimes if you can develop an awareness to, to know when that release happens, you, you don't waste so much time continuing to pray about something that really uh, God has already answered. So understanding this concept is key to developing an awareness of his presence. Um, so number one, look for the compassion that compels you. Number two, look for that moment when you feel the release from God. And number three, look who grabs your spiritual attention. Look who grabs your spiritual attention. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to verse 10. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just to give you a little bit of a paraphrased version. This is the story of Jesus entering Jericho. And as he was passing through, there was this man, this small in stature, small man named Zacchaeus. And uh, many of you might know the story. He was a chief tax collector, was very wealthy. And in verse 3, it says he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead 
climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And, you know, if you continue to read on, there's a conversation that happens between Zacchaeus and Jesus. And Zacchaeus talks about how he's going to, like, you know, give half of his possessions to the poor. And if he's cheated anybody out of anything, he's going to pay him back four times the amount. And then Jesus says in verse 9, today salvation has come to your house. So Zacchaeus has this encounter But this encounter happens as a result of him grabbing the attention of Jesus. And really, I want to say not just natural attention, spiritual attention. Yes, I think sometimes in a setting, we can get them crossed. And really, they are one and the same. When you're in the spirit, everything that you see in the natural has a connection to the spiritual. When you are in line with what God is saying and doing in a moment, sometimes what looks natural actually is spiritual. And so... Jesus, his, his attention spiritually was caught by this man who obviously had faith, knew that this was something special about Jesus. So his faith caught the attention really of, of Jesus. And I, I, I look for this. I think this is one of the greatest ways um, to develop or the greatest ways that we develop an awareness of God's presence in our lives as it pertains to ministering to people. Because wherever you are, there are people whether you feel it or not, that are that are that are literally in front of you grabbing your attention. And oftentimes that's God's way of saying, hey, pay attention to what I'm looking at. I'm getting your attention for a reason because I want you to encourage this individual. I want you to speak to this individual. I want you to pray for this individual. I was in on vacation just a few months ago in New York with my family, and um, I was on the beach, <clears throat> and there was this man that uh, came up beside us and we were in conversation because I was actually asking for, you know, where's the best place to eat in this area on this strip? And this guy just caught my attention from the very beginning and we started talking and then I knew right away God was going to give me a word for him. And God gave me this really powerful word. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know where he was from. And uh, I saw a bunch of stuff for him and I shared it with him. In fact, I actually basically prophesied about a phone call that he had just had 30 minutes prior about a business deal that he was about to go into over the next 10 years. And anyways, long story short, the word that I had shared with him, I won't go through all the details, blew him away. He said, yes, uh, you have no idea. I just signed off on a deal, on a 10-year deal. Um, and it's uh, I just raised the first 10 million. And this is the beginning of 100 projects that are going to be played out in the next 10 years across the US and South America. And uh, he was blown away that some random guy just literally encouraged some of the things that he was battling with and had just signed on uh, on on with as sort of a 10-year deal. And he was struggling with it. And I got to encourage him along his journey. How did that happen? He grabbed my spiritual attention. So I paid attention. So we have number one, look for the compassion that compels you. Number two, look for that moment when you feel a release from God. Number three, look for who grabs your spiritual attention. And number four, look for the faith. Look for the faith. Come on, say it out loud with me. Look for the faith. Because here's the thing. This is this is an intangible, but it's something that you'll get to know um, by, uh, by an awareness or by feeling, okay? Right before... Jesus gave his beatitude speech, and right after he was an all night, uh, an all night prayer with his disciples. He came down from the mountain with his disciples, 
which literally, I was literally standing on that very area where Jesus would have given his uh, speech on on the Beatitudes in Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter um, uh, six and seven, and you can read that whole that, that whole those two chapters. But Luke six verse nineteen. He comes down from the mountain with his disciples out of prayer all night. It says the entire crowd eagerly tried to come near Jesus so they could touch him and be healed because a tangible supernatural power emanated from him, healing all who came close to him. So Jesus comes down and all these people have heard the reports. They have faith. They have faith to receive what God wants to give them. And so there's a pull. There's a pull on Jesus. Kind of similar to number two, we talked about, you know, the release where the woman of 12 years who had a 12-year condition pulled on the pulled on the virtue of Jesus when she touched his body. Kind of similar in that Jesus comes down and he sees faith. He sees faith in all these people. He sees their expectation. And so you know, um, look for this because it's something that you get to know. You get to know very quickly. It's something that you can sense um, in areas, uh, in different environments, um, with groups of people. Uh, it, it's not just always just one individual. You can sense it in different places with different people, especially in big corporate settings. You can feel the expectation in the atmosphere. I know recently I heard a, an interview with Kanye West and. Uh, such a great buzz of what's happening there. But I um, heard him say this and it stood out to me. Kanye West said this statement and uh, many of you might might know he's on a new spiritual journey. And um, he said this statement about how as a person on a platform, often we are the reflection of our audience. And, and he was kind of explaining, he gave an analogy. So he said, basically like when you get on the platform and you're with like five, 10,000 people, and there's a, there's a vibe, there's an energy in the room, there's an expectation, they've been waiting. You know, it's very easy to join in that energy. Be like, you know, put your hands up. And, you know, it's like, it's an energy. It's a, it's a really excitable atmosphere. But you wouldn't necessarily do that the same way if you come into a house with two people. You're not going to come in the house screaming, put your hands up and kind of act like you are in a room of 10,000 people. There's something to be said about when you're on a platform, when you're in an environment, you become a reflection of the environment that's around you. So I say that to say, when there's people around you that have expectation and are pulling on you, look for faith, partner with their faith, partner with that expectation. It's a lot easier to pour into someone that's ready and willing and open and an empty container. And I can't tell you how many times uh, we've seen some of the greatest miracles happen in our lives because somebody had an expectation they were pulling on. We could see faith. I was just with uh, in South America recently and I was with this one couple and I kept getting these these inspired words for them to encourage them. They kept asking me, you know, how are you why, like, why do you keep like, you know, getting these words because they were really hitting home and. A lot of the words I was saying, you know, I had obviously had no way of knowing God was speaking to me and I was kind of leaning into what God was saying. And I said to them, I said, because your faith is pulling on me. I can feel it. I'm, I see faith. Whenever I get around you, I see faith. And so I'm partnering with your faith. And that's what's drawing, you know, what God is saying out of me. And so this is, these are four keys to look for. And I could go on. This is an amazing 
teaching to continue to develop and go deeper in. But for time's sake, I've given you four key uh, keys. Now let's just go over them one last time here. Number one, to in developing an awareness of the presence of God in our lives as it pertains to ministering to people. Number one, look for the compassion that compels you. Number two, look for the release. Number three, look who grabs your spiritual attention. Number four, look for the faith. Where is the faith? And connect with that, partner with that. I wanna give you three little activations this week. Once again, these activations are encouraged for the sake of our growth. If we hear and don't do, we just won't grow. So it's so important that we, uh, after these podcasts, that we take time. We have really three weeks or almost four weeks to apply uh, each of these teachings so we can grow up as a leader. Number one, first activation, go out this week into your job, grocery store, street, etc., wherever you find yourself and apply at least one of these principles. If you're nervous, start with compassion. It's easy one to start with. You know, everybody can relate to compassion. If you have compassion to love somebody on the street that's in need, do it. Start there. Let the compassion that's compelling you move you. Let that become something that helps you develop an awareness of the presence of God in your life. Number two, spend time this week pursuing him and waiting on number three, which was look who grabs your spiritual attention while you're in prayer. Write them a note, go visit them, encourage them. I used to do this in the beginning stage of me learning how to recognize the voice of God. I would pray, I would ask God, God bring to my attention um, various people. And then I would go out, buy a bunch of blank cards, write a whole bunch of prophetic encouragements on them and then give them to them. And it was a way that I developed not only learning how to recognize the voice of God, but also um, developed an awareness of God's presence in my life by looking at who was grabbing my spiritual attention. Because obviously it was also, these people were also grabbing God's attention in this moment in the season, uh, in that specific season. Number three, Pay attention when you are around people that are pulling on you. When you feel people, I love getting around people who are hungry. One of the guys that I work with, whenever I'm around him, no matter how familiar he is with me, he asks questions. He's always wanting to grow. He's always wanting to, to move forward. And pay attention to when you're around people like that that are pulling on you because you have something to give. So these activations, once again, and our courage for the sake of our growth. So I uh, really encourage you to do that. If you enjoyed this teaching and you want to go even deeper, once again, get a copy of my book, Secrets of the Supernatural Life. I know it will uh, greatly benefit you along this journey and you can order it anywhere, especially on Amazon. You can get the digital copy as well. But thank you once again, everyone, for listening to part two of developing your awareness, talking about the presence of God active in our lives. Your awareness of his presence is a game changer in leading you so that you can more powerfully lead others. This is supernatural leadership. Everyone has a leader within them. Why not make it a little more supernatural? Thanks again for tuning in and we will see you next month. Please rate it, review it, subscribe to it and share it with your friends and family. Also follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby, my name at Sean Gaby and or Supernatural Leadership Podcast. See you next time. We love you and be the supernatural leader you are called to be.